You're listening to Ingredipedia, a factual food fight podcast where every episode we pick an ingredient and fight about it. Correct. Emily Naismith, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm excellent. A uh, bit of a... You hate it when I say this, but mm. like a bit of a daunting ingredient. Yeah, it is. But I'm also really excited about it because I have lots of feelings about this ingredient and it was very easy to research because I had, you know, things that I felt, things that I wanted to know. Okay. Yeah. I found it the opposite and I think it's because it's really hard to Google because there's a massive tech I know, company. I know, I know. But that is letting the listeners behind the curtain that pretty much it's just me Googling stuff um, and not having thoughts and feelings and, mm. and, and theories like you do, Emily. Mm. Uh, I've revealed too much, but we haven't revealed the ingredient. What are we talking about today? Talking about apples. It's a big one. It, it is. It, it is a big one. Interesting that it's taken us what thirty nine episodes yeah. to get to it. You put a bit of a ban on fruits and vegetables because um, we you did. thought we were doing them so much, but that's like what I like the best okay. to research. So I'm really glad that we're back on this territory we, now. We are back on apple territory. <laughs> well, let's uh, crunch into it. Cool. Okay, so I have a ranking of different apple types. After working at um, supermarket, know them all, mm-hmm. judge people when they buy the bad ones. So just to give you a quick top 10 of the ones I'm fo- most familiar with, best is Pink Lady, Fuji, Jazz, Gala, Sundowner, Granny Smith, as long as you're cooking with it, Gianna Gold, Jonathan, then ninth, Golden Delicious, and 10th, Red Delicious. Okay. The ninth and 10th both have delicious in their name, not delicious. <laughs> I think that... It must be a conspiracy in the Apple world. Is there anything specifically undelicious about them? Yes. Yeah. So that's, this is basically my whole fact explaining why I hate them. Okay. So Red Delicious, they're the ones that look like a perfect apple. Yeah. I've got some here. They're like kind of bigger on top, slender at the bottom, like the apples you see in alphabet boards. Yeah. Um, most apples are like round these days. Yeah. So these are like the traditional apple shape. They're like cartoon apples. Yes. Yeah. They're like Snow White apples, like... Mm. Really red, like crimson and kind of, I guess they kind of look delicious if you've never had one before. (laughs) Um, And then you bite into it and they're really soft and chalky. They make you want to spit it out immediately. So yeah, how they look is inversely proportional to how they taste. Um, Red Delicious are the apples that like liquefy at the bottom of people's, of kids' school bags. (laughs) They're the apples that you can buy at 7-Eleven. They're the apples that um, grow mold in the fruit bowl because no one wants to eat them, but they look nice. So mm. people have them on display. So I just, and, and when people used to buy them at Safeway, like when I worked there, it was like, why are you buying these? Like you could have literally any other apple. <laughs> like maybe, yeah, they're the cheapest, but like it's just such, I, I really wanted to step in and let's say, no, go back to the apple thing, get some more. Yeah. I did want to find out why Red Delicious is still an apple, seeing as I think it's widely known that most people hate them. Mm-hmm. So do you hate them? Uh, yeah, they tend to be really flowery yeah. and the skin is really tough. That would be my last, right. last choice. I find the skin really, uh, I don't know. I actually haven't had one since primary school Okay, because I just hated them so much since then and my mum bought them for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to bite into this You're one not, that okay. I hate right. bought <laughs> last time. <laughs> so I wanted to find out why Red Delicious is still an apple. So it all started in America where in the 1870s 
Where's that in the relation to the Civil War? Uh, that would be post-Civil War. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Um, where a farmer in Iowa called Jesse Hyatt discovered a mutant seedling in his apple orchard. So he was growing a different type of apple and then this mutant seedling kept growing and he kept like chopping it away, chopping it away. And then it kept coming back and so he's like, fuck it, I'll just let it grow. And he called it the Hawkeye apple. There was a contest. That's a much cooler name. Yeah, it is. There was a contest to find the next Ben Davis apple, which at the time was a good looking, but it was a good looking apple. So people liked it for that reason, but it was also quite shit. But I think lots of apples back then were shit. And anyway, the, um, the, what was it called? Hawkeye. The Hawkeye um, won. So blah, blah, blah. These brothers who ran the competition bought the rights to the Hawkeye, changed its name to Stark Delicious and marketed the shit out of it. So over the next 20 years, they spent $750,000 marketing it and the seedlings were grown everywhere. Then a genetic mutation meant the apples um, redden earlier and become more uniformly crimson, like no real other colours in it. Mm. And then that sent everyone crazy again. Someone paid six grand for a limb of a tree and by the 1940s, Red Delicious was America's most popular apple. Because of marketing. Mm. Yeah, because of marketing and because... Um, it's got so much to answer I know, for. I know. God damn it. Um, and I got all this from an article in The Atlantic called The Awful Reign of the Red Delicious. <laughs> and this is my favourite quote from it. But as far as genes for beauty were favoured over those for taste, the skins grew tough and bitter around mushy, sugar-soaked flesh. Um... Yeah, so it rained into the 1980s, but then its popularity dropped off because there are so many other great apple breeds that started popping up that actually tasted good. But having said that, it's still the most common apple in America. So I think that what we can learn from this is that the farmer who he should have just like kept chopping down the seedlings and we would have <laughs> never had this problem. It's just a it's, mutation that yeah. should have been left to die. Yeah, it's here by mistake. <laughs> Okay, well, we just talked about types of apples for like five minutes without eating any <laughs> apple. So I've actually got something for you to eat, Em, on, okay. your, on your plate there. Yes. Have a little bite of what we have there. It's actually, I'm... I bought this suspiciously early in the day and was sprung by a friend who saw me coming out of said establishment. It's a McDonald's hot apple pie. It's still a bit warm. I'm having a bite. Never really been a fan of these, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm a fan, partly because they're basically just deep fried dough yeah. with like a tiny bit of fruit in them and then heaps of cinnamon. Mm. So what would you say you're eating other than what I just said? It actually reminds me a lot of a dim sim, a dim sim filled with, um, yeah, apple puree and something <laughs> squishy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's quite apt that you you bring up dim sims because that's another fried treat with a suspect filling. Yeah. And I guess what I want to talk about are the urban myths that have been around for years about the contents of McDonald's apple pies around the world, but also particularly in Australia. There's a, there's a particularly Australian urban legend about apple pies. So according to fact-checking urban mythbuster website Snopes, there are persistent rumours about non-foodstuffs being included in, in McDonald's food and suspect foodstuffs being in McDonald's food. So the rumours are so persistent that McDonald's actually created their own global myth-busting campaign about yeah. seven or eight years ago. And that website's still up where you can sort of read it and go, no, well, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there isn't 
polystyrene balls in our thick shakes, which was one of the rumors that came out. It was like ground up polystyrene balls, Jesus. which is why um, conspiracy theorists were saying they can't call them milkshakes. They're just called shakes because there's no milk in them. Um, I think that one was busted. Uh, the other one was that there's feathers in McFlurries. Oh, God. I've never heard that one. Yeah. I've only heard the one about the 100% beef. Mm. Like the company was it's, called that, it but it's yeah. not actually 100% beef. But I think that's wrong too. Uh, I think that is wrong. But, hey, maybe we're just buying <laughs> the propaganda from the McDonald's people. Um, but the longest standing rumor is about the apple pies. Um, this was uh, pulled off the internet in 1996 by Snopes. I've now heard from three different sources this little gem. McDonald's apple pies contain no apple. Instead, they're made out of potatoes or pears and flavoring. And another rumor that went alongside that was it wasn't potatoes or pears or fruit at all. It was actually like dry biscuits. Oh, because I've heard that it was choco, which is like a... That's the Australian rumor. So the American rumors are um, that um, basically biscuits, Ritz crackers, because... There was an old cookbook recipe, and this is very much like um, one of our Civil War recipes we, we might have talked about. It's called mock apple pie, where you replace apple with crackers, and it's still got the same. It's like a basically a pie with biscuits in it and sugar and cinnamon, so it kind of tastes like apple, and there's a bit of crunch there. The other rumor is that it's yeah raw potato, which has the same crunch as an apple, mm. but they've got so much flavoring and sugar in it that you wouldn't even know. Um, and they, they're the ones that come out, came out of America. But yes, the Australian version of the myth that was that it was Choco. Um, thankfully, our, uh, our very uh, upstanding members of the journalistic community, the Daily Telegraph in 2009, took this myth on. Uh, their findings that no, it's not Choco. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it actually, it is apple in apple pie. And looking at it, it shouldn't be that surprising. There's really not that much apple in it. Like it's a lot of... I guess like corn mm. starch and yeah. sugar and there's a tiny bit of apple. But yeah, the rumor was that you could make um, the apple go further by substituting it for chocos. But does that mean that they never put chocos in it or they as definitely of, don't now? As of 2009, they didn't. Okay. Uh, and that was a fair while ago. But the reason that they, they um, sort of busted that rumor is that they talked to the Sydney Produce Market Surveyors Director Chris Cope and he said, it's actually not worth McDonald's hassle or while to substitute chocos for apples because the um, well, there's the fines, which in 2009 were like $275,000 in New South Wales alone to put uh, the wrong ingredient on uh, the, the wrong ingredient listing on your product, uh, plus tens of millions of dollars of damage to its reputation. And also, chocos aren't like at commercial quantities, like not available, mm. not cheaper. Um, the the veg, vegetable industry group Ozveg, which tracks produce volume, says choco volumes were so low that they can't even be tracked. Um, but the um, legend is sort of based on a lot of those recipes in in old cookbooks that says not enough apples yeah. substituted okay. for chocos. I actually used to have a choco vine on the front of my house, and I didn't even know what it was. I cut it away. Really? Maybe I should have there's, kept it. There's like fake chocos. That's actually a weed and it looks exactly like oh. a choco, but if you cut into it, it's actually nothing like it. Yeah. It's a fake okay. fruit. That's what so I had. it might have been that. I had fake chocos. Oh, <laughs> I don't feel so bad about killing it. But disappointingly, uh, all of those myths are busted. Mm. Apparently, it is real apple. It's just not much apple. It's a lot of flavoring. Yeah. It's a lot of sugar. It's a lot of, yeah, cornstarch and sodiums. And um, I wonder what apple it is. That'd be so interesting. That's probably it's red probably delicious. probably red delicious. <laughs> 
Apples are a pretty good snack, would you say? Yes. Um, I, I agree. You're, My favorite you're way. You're blowing the, the yeah. roof off this whole apple game here. <laughs> Apples, good snack. Revealed. In <laughs> that was Greedopedia. one of my strong feelings I mentioned before. Um, yeah, so uh, my favourite way to eat apple is cut it into slices with blue cheese, honey and rock salt on top. Yeah. Um, but for me, snacking on apples is something I have to do in private. I can't be in a room with anyone. No one can be looking at me. No one can be within probably about 10 metres of me. And this is because of my irrational response to the sound of eating an apple. Uh Um, I don't like this part of me, but basically if I hear anyone else eating an apple, I get really anxious, can't concentrate on anything except the sound of the meeting, and it makes me really angry and I just need to leave the space um, from where the apple eating is occurring. Okay. Um, And when I try and eat an, an apple in public, like I don't care about the sound that I make, but I worry that other people will hear the sound that I make and then have the same response and then hate me irrationally for eating an apple. You know what's going through my head right now? Yeah. Have I eaten an apple in front of you? Yeah, you before? have. You oh, have. God. <laughs> you didn't Lots tell of me. people have. I, I can't tell, some, I can't tell anyone yeah, I, we, I would just like crank my volume and maybe put like something so I couldn't see you. Something, something in my line. Now of I'm thinking back because full disclosure, Emil and I, Emma and I used to work together and would sit. Well, we were next to each other for yeah. a while, and now, and I do snack on apples <laughs> of an afternoon around three o'clock. That might yeah. be my. Yeah, sorry. Um, wow, it's not. It's not a you thing. It's just wow. an apple thing. I can't. It's a me thing. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not me. It's you. Anyway, okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, I would gravitate towards a quieter food like a mandarin or a banana. Okay. I'll in bet, future. I'll, I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> so this is an intervention. Yeah. This isn't a fact at all. This is just, please stop eating apples. Um, but <sighs> yeah, after a bit of research, um, apparently this anxiety I feel might be something called misophonia, mm-hmm. which according to an article on the health part of the ABC website is a neurophysiological disorder in which auditory stimuli and sometimes visual stimuli sets off a fight-flight reaction which then has accompanying emotional negativity. Mm. So basically it um, influences a part of your brain that um, is more active when you listen to triggering sounds. Um, Not much research about what I can do about it, so I thought I'd conduct a therapy session today for myself. So um, I'm going to play a YouTube soundbite of someone eating an apple for everyone. So just warning, trigger, trigger warning. Here it comes. Oh, God. Emily shifting uncomfortably in her seat. <laughs> yep, you can stop now. Are you sure? Because the video goes for 11 yeah, minutes and yeah. we're only... And it has 54,000 plays, <laughs> strangely. You, um, sh- you sure we can stop it? Yeah, we can stop it. Maybe we'll just keep it stop running under the... Okay. <laughs> Stopped. Uh, the YouTuber who uploaded it in the um, description says, I love me some apples. Let me know if you find this relaxing. <laughs> Um, no, no, I do not. Um, but I thought what a way to get over this fear would be to eat an apple live on the podcast, just like one bite. Okay. So I'm going to try. I've got a special apple that I bought last night. It's a new variety of apple that I've never tried before called a Kanzi. Kanzi. Okay. It looks really nice. All right. Bright red, half yellow. I'm really nervous. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to look I'm sorry, away? Everyone. I, yeah. I'll look away. Okay. Sorry. Just gonna look over here. 
Oh my god, I I can't do it. It tastes it tastes really good. I just got like. You sure you can? <laughs> that was the. I know I said I'd look away, but that was a really lame bite. Come on, a big <laughs> no, bite. The listeners d- oh demanded god. of you. Don't hate me, anyone. No, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Sorry, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> okay, cut. Okay, well, it might make you feel a little bit better to know that the sound of you eating an apple isn't the grossest thing that people are going to take away from this episode. Good. Because you might think that, yeah, apples are delicious. Where can we go wrong with talking about apples, um, particularly taking it into into a gross space? But I'm really kind of proud, proud of myself <laughs> that I, I found a way to take it there. Em, have you ever heard of the term love apple? No. Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> according to James Vaughan Cole and Robert T. Frankauer, the authors of The Scent of Eros, Mysteries of Odour in Human Sexuality. Oh, God. Uh, chapter 5, Love Apples and the Noble Perfume of Venery. Back in Shakespeare's time, it was the custom for a woman in love to tuck a peeled apple in her armpit. When it was saturated with her scent, she offered this love apple to her paramour, to inhale so that hopefully he would be turned on. That's their words, not mine. Yeah, in some areas of Greece and the Balkans and other Mediterranean countries, men still carry a handkerchief under their armpit during festivals so they can flutter this odour-bearing token under the noses of the women they invite to dance. Uh, sometimes a bag in uh, can be placed in an even more intimate place. In uh, This happened in uh, 18th century France. Um, it would be nestled in a, in a more private place to... Uh, capture the smells and pheromones of the person. And uh, some American immigrants from the Caribbean have their own recipe for a more meaty love apple. It's still known as a love apple, even though mm. it's not actually a physical apple. The recipe calls for a hamburger patty to be steeped in one's own sweat. That's filthy. After- like, they're all filthy, but that's particularly filthy. Uh, after cooking, it's served to the loved one in expectation. He will find the cook irresistible. So the scientific reason behind it are that... Um, uh, bacteria working on the odorless secretions of the apocrine and sebaceous glands associated with hair follicles. Um, so that bac- the bacteria work on hor- hormones, which are the byproducts of the metabolism of cholesterol secreted in underarm sweat and around the genitals, turning some of them into pheromones. And there's been a lot of studies around whether pheromones actually work. You know, if you think about um, in uh, Anchorman, um, the sex panther. Uh, <laughs> um, cologne is you know it, it felt like a real 70s thing it's like we've captured real pheromones this will make you irresistible irresistible to women um, the science is still out on whether it actually works but um, according to the love apples and the noble perfume of venery chapter that if you are going to capture pheromones then an apple in the armpit isn't the worst way to do it that is truly filthy Hopefully people aren't, people aren't thinking about you eating an apple now, so you're welcome. As you mentioned um, at the start of the podcast, Ben, apples are quite hard to Google because the world's largest and probably most successful tech company is also called Apple. Mm-hmm. You can't really Google Apple news without finding about the iPhone or anything like that. So I thought I'd go with it and find out why the tech giant Apple shares its name with the fruit. Mm. So... I have read the Steve Jobs book and I can't remember anything from it apart from the black skivvy thing. 
which, by the way, I'm noticing a resurgent of thanks to that um, Netflix documentary about minimalism. Oh, yeah. Like everybody, I feel like lots of people are watching it and as soon as someone comes to work with like a black T-shirt or a black thing and like black pants and black shoes, I'm like, they've watched it. So I've been counter- counteracting it by wearing like all pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, I've been judging people that dress like Steve Jobs. But <laughs> why is the company called Apple? According to the Cult of Mac website, he said he was on a he he said he was on one of my many fruitarian diets, and he said he'd just come back from an apple farm and thought the name sounded fun, spirited, and not intimidating. So the second part is cute. The first part, what the fuck is a fruitarian diet? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's where you eat mostly fruit, which seems absolutely ludicrous to me because I understand being vegetarian or being vegan, but why do you have to cut out vegetables? Mm. Like, what's wrong with them? Like, you'd think that eating all vegetables would be healthier than eating all fruit. Well, yeah, because fruits are generally higher in sugar. Yeah, and you'd just be crashing and... Are we going to get fruitarians, <laughs> like, angry angry emails from fruitarians? Maybe. Direct them to Maybe. Emily. Don't, don't send them to me. Um... But I was really intrigued to find out what a fruitarian diet looked like in just one day. So I did a bit of a Google and on a site called um, birdie.com with a Y, this woman called Amanda Montel did the fruitarian diet for a week. And this is what she ate on the first day. So for breakfast, she ate a big smoothie with three bananas, blueberries, dates, and a cup of coconut milk, Mm -hmm. which is fine. A morning snack, a handful of dried peaches, Lunch, two massive bowls of fruit salad filled with bananas, grapes, and berries. Afternoon snack, handful of dried figs. Dinner, a large bowl of chopped avocado, cucumber, and tomato, dressed with olive oil, lemon, salt, and pepper. And dessert, a bag of raw almonds. Mm. So all those things sound nice, but you're just missing out on like every single other, most of the good things in life. Yeah. Um, and also I'd be just ready to like kill someone after only eating that for a day. Um, and I find it very hard to believe that Steve Jobs designed one of the most successful tech companies in the world eating just, just that. that. Like yeah. imagine what he could have achieved if he actually ate a balanced diet. Maybe like iPhone wouldn't need replacing every six months. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm doing a bit of myth busting today, uh, but I'm going to have to bust another myth because I guess given that Apples are so well, uh, you know, researched, written about. It is like the original fruit. It's the biblical fruit from the from the Garden of Eden. And, you know, I did look at some sort of biblical stuff. Um, but uh, I sort of kept coming back to these sort of misconceptions and myths around, around apples. And one of the commonly held beliefs about apples is that their cores are filled with deadly cyanide. Yeah, yeah. I, I worry about that because my dog used to love apple cores. Really? Yeah. And you're like, I'm poisoning my dog. Yeah, but he really wants to eat this, so I have to give it to him. Well, there there is some truth to the fact that there is cyanide in apple seeds. So uh, this is from an artic- article in Wired by Jennifer Chaucey. The apple's rough middle sections are full of seeds, and those seeds can harbour concentrations of molecules called cyanogenic glycosides. Uh, one of those is amygdalin, and when it gets down into your gut bacteria, it can turn into cyanide, which can actually do a pretty good job of killing you. Um, and it's not just apples that have this. Peaches, cherries, almonds, they all have this uh, amygdalin that can, can turn into uh, into cyanide in your gut. But 
The other thing that they have... As in the seeds. The seeds do, yes. Um, But the other thing that those seeds have is that shiny coating. Like if you look at the shiny coating of a seed, that is there to to protect you um, because the um, stomach can't really uh, extract all of the sort of cyanide-making stuff uh, unless the seeds are crushed and powdered. So the... That shiny coating is actually protecting that from happening. Um, from the same piece, she says, inhaling or ingesting ultra-strong man-made chemicals that, that cause cyanide in the gut can cut off oxygen supplies to your cells, causing immediate damage to your heart and brain. But when you swallow or even chew a few apple seeds, it produces trace amounts of hydrogen cyanide, but the amount and concentration is so minute that your body just flushes it out during digestion. But... It did get me thinking. You made me eat crushed up avocado seed. Yeah, I drank a lot of that in that smoothie. And I think Is that av- one of them? I think avocado was on the list. Almonds are on the list as well. And we eat a lot of almonds. Maybe. It- Is there something surrounding the almond, almond though before it? Well, we eat it? I don't know. This is the apple episode. <laughs> yeah, so Jesus. All I'm saying is <laughs> apple seeds aren't going to kill you. Your dog is fine. Uh, thank you to the shiny coating on the outside of an apple seed. We're all safe. He's actually not fine. He passed away last year, but um, okay. it, I don't. It, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the apple. It, wasn't, it was something. It else. wasn't cyanide yeah. poisoning. Okay, good to know. May you rest in peace. <laughs> okay, so what did we talk about today? Okay, so I um, spoke about red delicious apples, why they're shit, and why they're so prevalent. And I talked about the contents of McDonald's apple pies. Disappointingly, it's apple. And then I'm so sorry that I ate an apple on a podcast, but I was trying to have my own little therapy session. I talked about love apples. And then I talked about Steve Jobs and why he named Apple Apple. And then I busted the myth that eating apple seeds will kill you and inadvertently made Emily feel sad about her (laughs) late dog. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so you can vote for whose facts you thought were the best on our Instagram, which is Ingridopedia, and there'll be two little squares and one for Ben and one for me, so you can like which ones you like the best. Yeah, Emily will make sure hers goes up first. Yep, and I'll make mine sure mine looks better. Yeah, it just makes it a bit shinier and nicer. Yep. You can have a red delicious in yours. Cool, I'll have cool, a nice cool, apple. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening.